It's the Blues Rock Show with Pete Francis and Willie Witten. Welcome to the Blues Rock Show. I'm Pete Francis, joined by Willie Witten. Today, our special guest, one of the most exciting rock singers in the game today, Caleb Johnson, who just released a new album, Mountain Mojo Volume 1. Caleb, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me, guys. It's a real treat to be here. So let's talk about your new album because you have a lot of heavy hitters involved on this album. You have Jason Bonham on the drums. Tyler Bryant is also on this album. How did you kind of get this group together for this? Well, you know, um, it's kind of crazy. The last year, 2020, was a pretty crazy year. And it was, you know, everything was shut down. Touring was, was basically non-existent. Um, and you know, I just kind of wanted to go in and make a record because I wasn't doing anything else. And so fortunately, um, over the years, I have been able to, to become friends with some amazing, amazing musicians and singers and et cetera, et cetera. And so I kind of just went into my phone and was like, you know, let's see who we can get on this record. And so Tyler was a guy that I met um Tyler Bryant was a guy that I met in Nashville um but I was aware of before meeting him in person because I had seen his band I think on I think it was Jimmy Kimmel and um this was I think this was kind of around when his wild I think this was called wild child wild child yeah yeah record had come out and he kind of had like the really kind of cool British short kind of mod haircut going on and the bell bottoms and all that thing and 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 this was kind of in that kind of early stages of when Rival Sons was just coming out and Vintage Trouble and those kind of like, you know, blues rock, bluesy rock, you know, classic rock sounding bands had come out. And, and this kind of predated Idol as well. And so I, I was aware of him then. And then I met him. I actually met Tyler or I saw Tyler at a Vintage Trouble show in Nashville. And I immediately DM Tyler on Twitter and said, hey, we should get together and jam. And he's like, Absolutely and went to his house and jammed with with him and Caleb Crosby who's the drummer for the shakedown and we, we've got a couple of really amazing tracks that we have written that, and have demoed that have not been released yet um but that's where that relationship with Tyler came about so I, I texted him about coming on to play on the record and then Jason Bonham uh was actually from Idol um where he had seen me on the show and because I did a Zeppelin song on Island he was a big fan of it and also a Black Crow song, and he was a big fan of those performances. And um, and then I actually opened a Sammy Hagar show back in 2016, and Jason came and watched the set side stage, and that's where we exchanged numbers, and that relationship really kind of came into fruition and basically stayed in touch with Jason over the years. And and he had uh, reached out to me one time to come out and sing for his uh, – do it like a, like a special guest slot – on his uh or special guest guest performance on his jason bonham led zeppelin evening in nashville i got on stage and sang communication breakdown with him and his band uh i think when he was on the um i don't know it's it was it was a triple bill it was him cheap trick and foreigner and that was when i went out and did that so i kind of stayed in touch with jason over the years and just kind of texted jason kind of the same way i texted jason as well to see if you'd be interested in coming and playing on this record but originally it was just going to be one song. It was going to be the Rare Earth cover. 
And then that turned into, well, hey, you're coming up to Nashville. Let's just get you on the entire record. So Jason played drums on the entire album. And then we got Tyler Bryant on the Rare Earth track. And then I also called in uh, Damon Johnson, uh, who I met through my uh, manager, Snake Sabo, who hooked me up with Damon. And uh, my first meeting with Damon Johnson was doing a writing session with him in Nashville. And we just hit it off immediately. Which And, and one of the songs off of this new record was Hurricane, which was written in those writing sessions that I had with Damon um, back, I think it was kind of like 2016, 17 era. And then oddly... Um, I knew from being uh, performing with Warren Haynes at Christmas Jammer or Warren Haynes and Government Mule. And I got on stage and sang Zeppelin's. Um... Oh, dang, what was the song? Hold on a minute. Um... Dun, 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 what is that song? Trample Underfoot. Trample Underfoot, yeah. Um, that song and The Faces Stay With Me. Um, and that's where I first met Oddly. And then Oddly actually played on my uh, record, Born From Southern Ground record, which was released uh, back in 19. So it was kind of just like, um, you know, I, I don't have like a set band per se. Like I don't have like a, a band. Um, like I have two separate units. So I have like the studio guys and then I have a live band that goes out with me and tours on the road. So it's, it's separate guys than from the studio. So with the studio musicians, I always try to get special guys and, and, and really great, you know, or, or have a great cast of musicians involved in the studio aspect of recording the records. And so it just worked out really great. And then also got some of Nashville's finest session guys, uh, Tony Lucido, who's actually, I think out with Ann Wilson right now playing bass and Mike Webb, who's just an amazing keyboard player and has played on, He's played on a lot of Chris Stapleton stuff and um, just a great, great group of guys and gals. Uh, can't forget the, the ladies on the, the record who are just incredible. I mean, some of the greatest gospel singers you'd ever witness, uh, Gail Mays, Angela Prim, and Devin Michelle, just great guys. And then um, the last guy is my guy, my actual touring musician who I've been playing music with since the beginning, since the genesis of my whole musical careers is uh, Josh Sawyer who actually co-wrote I think three of the seven tracks on that record and actually played I think the guitar solos on guitar and the guitar solos on uh, Child of the Wild, Dead Man Walking Blues and Glory Bound. So. so I want to ask so you're talking about these seven tracks you have two covers you already mentioned Rare Earth I just want to celebrate is the track and then you also chose Drift Away I think that's Dobie Gray or yep. that's who originally sang it. I'm always someone who asks, because it's interesting to me, how did you choose those covers? Because obviously there's a million choices. Why those two songs uh, of, of all things you could choose? Uh, I, it's a good question. I think that the, the thought process behind choosing those songs came from what was going on last year um, and the sort of the message behind those songs. Um, they have very positive messages in the songs. Uh, they're obviously classic songs. Um, and I felt like I could take them and kind of put my own version or stamp on those tracks. So for instance, with Drift Away, 
you know, that chorus is, give me the B-Boys and free my, you know, it's like, it was, for me, that song was, was on repeat last year because of all the craziness that was going on with COVID and the apocalypse and uh, Godzilla coming back and all this great stuff. Uh, but that song was resonated with me on a very deep level. And I was like, man, you know what would be really cool is what would it sound like if this song was done by like the Black Crows, you know, or Humble Pie, that kind of deal. And I felt like you could definitely, that song was, was a really great blueprint to kind of expand on that because it has, the, the, that, that, that's why with the song, we have that, that really gospel piano intro and then the very kind of beefy guitar. It's almost kind of like remedy kind of thing you know um and so that was kind of the thing with the black crows that with the drift away was that i was like what would it sound like if the crows recorded this song you know that was kind of what my kind of thing going into recording that song or my thought process was going into that song the rare earth thing was just kind of like the same scenario of like you know i, I just want to celebrate another day of living it was just kind of like that very positive message but it was, it's just such a great song and it's got that great riff. It's very funky and sexy and, and um, it's got a lot of stank on it. And I wanted to kind of expand on that in the sense of making it a jam where it, we, you could definitely go into the jam element of elongating the song because the song itself, the original track is very short. It's like, I don't know, two and a half, three minutes. And when it does that breakdown with the drums, I was like, man, you could just take that to a whole nother place. And so that was kind of the process of going into doing those songs or doing the, those two covers on that album. Um, and, you know, I feel like, and, th and this is a volume one. So like, I kind of was talking to the guys at the band about this album is going to be a special collection of songs because this is the first volume. And then we'll definitely do a second volume but that each volume will have at least one or two covers, but done in our own way, so to speak. But I feel like these, these albums and, and like volume one, volume two, there might be a volume three. I don't know. Depending on how much money I have left in my bank account. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, to, uh, to do these albums and, there, these these collection of records will only have covers. So beyond these albums, I won't do you know covers on the albums. But because of the special people on it, and, and Jay, obviously I'll have Jason back for the next one and, and whatever. And who knows who, who else? You know, it'd be great to get Joe Bonamassa on a track. You know, I was looking at uh, possibly doing the Who cover, Young Man Blues. I was just thinking about you know doing our own version of that. You know. Um, and it being inter interjected in with the original tracks, but that the Mountain Mojo Volume One, Volume Two, Volume Three, etc., will have our own versions of covers on those records, whether it be one cover or two covers. Now, Caleb, you're known as a great vocalist. Kind of looking at the modern rock scene today, who are some vocalists that really kind of stick out to you? Obviously, the first one would probably be Jay Buchanan. Uh, I've been a fan of Rival Sons back and since a buddy of mine showed me there i think it was the uh, not the ep is it before the fire sure in the, time or before the fires 
before the fire, but pressure time is definitely that's probably my favorite one. Well, that one and um, Great Western Valkyrie and the uh, the most the feral is it feral roots? Is that feral the roots, one? yeah, yeah. Jay's probably the top guy if you're in, in terms of modern rock singers. I'm very heavily influenced by his voice because he is like an and I'm. I don't know if this I'm gonna mess this word amalgamation. Is that the word? Is that it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, of all of my favorite singers, of Paul Rogers, Robert Plants, the uh, the like the Wilson Pickett's, the he's got all these things kind of mashed up into his voice, and so he's definitely and he's got a great range, great tone, great power. So he's kind of the the one the main guy. Now, kind of going beyond that. Um, Marcus King is another one. I really like Marcus's voice a lot. Um, I feel like, am I missing somebody? Well, those two are definitely pretty good. <laughs> I, I also like the singer from Dirty Honey's voice. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But he has a very distinct, his is a very, um, he, he's got a very, he's almost kind of like an Axl Rose kind of singer very high it's like you know it's like I'm down and out I'm on my knees it's like very kind of in that register kind of deal very kind of 80s hard rock which yeah, I yeah. love that stuff um but honestly the, the main guy is Jay Jay's the guy for me he, he's the he's the he's the big mac daddy you know um now if you're talking about uh, classic I mean I got a whole laundry list of singers <laughs> but well, actually, I'm sorry. So, not just Jay. There's, there's some female singers that I like a lot, too. I love Brittany Howard from the Alabama Shakes. Yeah. I love Lizzie Hale from Hailstorm. Um, who else? And that, that's, that, that's probably... Uh, also, Saint, the guy from St. Paul, The Broken Bones. I don't know his name. Uh, do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. I, I don't know what his name is. I don't know. That guy. Uh, I also like uh, Nathaniel Rateliff. I like Ray LaMontagne. Uh, those aren't really like rock. It's, it's like Americana. Yeah. Chris well, Stapleton, obviously Chris Stapleton, um, who Vance Powell uh, actually mixed this album, by the way. And Vance has mixed all of Stapleton's records. And this, I think he's done a couple of Rival Sons and stuff, Sergio Simpson. Yeah. Um, but in terms of like rock, it's just, it's JB Chan all the way. So who are some of the other than rock bands today that you think are, are really kind of impressing you and, and grabbing attention? Rival Sons is yeah. one. <laughs> I love Tyler Bryant's band. Uh, I love the Struts. I love Dirty Honey. I like, um, uh, this band called Blacktop Mojo. Um, there's this band that uh, I like, Greta Van Fleet. Um, I like there's this, this great band that that just kind of blew up on TikTok um, called Adam and the Metal Hawks. Uh, that are get really great singer Adam. Um, great band too. The young you get a bunch of young kids. Um. This other band is like an all-girl band, Plush. 
really great. She's a great female singer as well. Um, there's this other band, Inglorious, out of the UK that's amazing, Nathan James. Um, and then this other guy, Dino Jalu- a buddy of mine, Dino Jalusic, uh, he had a band, he had a band um, called Animal Drive that was really good. That, uh, and then he also had some stuff they did with George Lynch. Um, but he's now with White Snake now, which is great. But he's an incredible singer. So actually, you know what? So JB Cannon's number one. There's some other guys that are kind of in the kind of metal, kind of it's more like heavier than that metal guys that are fantastic singers, which is Dino Jalusic, who's amazing. He's out of Croatia. Nathan James, um, who's also he's based out of the UK. He's with Inglorious. Another guy, Russell Allen. Um, these are kind of more kind of in the metal community, but they're fantastic. Fantastic singers. Um, Safe to say, you stay on top of the music scene, from what it sounds like. Oh yeah, I sleep. I sleep and breathe it. Um, uh, I'm trying to think in terms of bands that have come out. I also really dig Vintage Trouble a lot. Um, okay. Uh, I like uh, I like some of Wolfgang or, or Mammoth. Uh, uh, WBH stuff. Okay. So I mean, I could go on and on, but obviously, as you can tell, my favorite band that's come out in the last couple of years is, is Rival Sons. You know, um, and then there's some stuff that kind of predates that. That's kind of that came out back in like the early 2000s. Like I, I really like Shine Down a lot. Brent Smith is a great singer. Um, Blackstone Cherry. But those bands have been kind of around, kind of before you know the Rival Sons guys came out. They, but they're—I mean—they're not newer, but they—but they're newer rock. But again, right. they're fantastic bands, great records, and you know, great singers as well, and musicians, etc. So earlier in your career, you went on American Idol, you tried out a couple times, and then you won American Idol. Now, when people think about American Idol, they're not necessarily thinking about someone who's playing rock music. So do you feel like at any point that you've had sort of maybe a stigma around you trying to kind of break into the rock scene and just be kind of a rock musician as a previous American Idol winner? Yes, but it's actually very strange. I have a very good rapport and I'm, I'm very well respected in the rock community by the musicians and the bands and singers in that, in the rock world. It's the rock audience that I'm having a difficult time capturing because of the idol stigma. And unfortunately, a lot of rock fans at face value will look at American, the, the tag American, I'll say, oh, I'm not listening to that without even listening to the music or my voice. And so there has been a, a stigma around it, but when people hear it, they're like, wow, this is, this is incredible, you know? So it, the problem is just getting people to get beyond the stigma, but I cannot knock American Idol because it's given me a career and it's in a lot of the relationships that I have in the music community and the rock community are from that show. So it's definitely a double-edged sword. And it's, it's a blessing and a curse, but I would say it's more of a blessing than it is a curse, you know. Um, but you're absolutely right about there being, a, you know, sort of a kind of not a black cloud, but a, you know, like American, not like to a rock fan, you know. It, right. It, 
And that's kind of the weird kind of thing where I was a rock guy that won a pop show. And it just kind of, it, there was, it was a very weird dichotomy of, of such extreme genres, you know, on, on what, what, what is usually a typically a pop oriented show. But then you have to kind of sit back and question and be like, well, is the reason he wanted, is it because people wanted rock and roll or they were craving rock and roll? where they were tired of the same old stuff, you know? Um, and so, and that was, the, that was kind of the biggest issue with the label after the show, because they were like, how did this rock dude that was singing white snake and Zeppelin and you did rival Rush, sons too. rival sons rush for God's sakes on, on, I mean, I was like the first guy to ever sing rush on American idol. How did this guy win a pop show? And so, there was a lot of back and forth between all that. And unfortunately that kind of relationship with that whole thing didn't really end well. But the good thing of that is that I was able to get out of all that scot-free and have been able to make the records that I want to make on my own. And so if you're kind of comparing apples to oranges, if you look at, if you listen to Mountain Mojo and then you go back and listen to my idol record, there's a vast difference of the sound, of the production, of the songwriting. It's such a very, it's almost like night and day type deal. And it, it, the same goes for Born From Southern Ground, where we did that record, and that was done on my own Nashville. I uh, co-produced that. Now, Mountain Mojo, I produced entirely on my own. But um, Born From Southern Ground was, was co-produced by me and my buddy Brian Sutton, or my cousin Brian Sutton, who, is a multi-Grammy winning uh, guitar player. He's an incredible musician. And really what it just came down to was just letting me go in the room and sing with the band. That's really all it was, you know? And that's what we didn't do on the first, on the Idol record. It was a very cut-paced, there was a lot of auto-tune for, for, on that record. Um, and they were definitely pushing me to go in a pop route. And I kind of played the game where I was like, well, if this is what they want me to do, then I'll write a, a pop song. And I wrote this really amazing song or co-wrote this amazing song with these guys, Brian Howe, Lenny Skolnick out in LA called Fighting Gravity. We did this extravagant music video for it. And which I actually dropped $30,000 of my own money into because the label was not going to do any single. It was not going to do any music video for the record, nothing. And, uh, the song was amazing, whatever, in, in the sense of it was like a pop song, a pop rock yeah. song. And the label just did not support it. They did. They had no interest in it. And they were not. There was it just they just didn't get it. They were like, How, how's this classic rock, dude? Whatever. So, so do you think so? Because I've listened to that song a couple of times. And like you said, that definitely skews towards the pop side of things. But as you said, that to me sounds like something that's immediately ready for radio play. When you said they wouldn't get behind you, do you think it's that they, in a way, maybe resented you a little bit? The fact that, wait, how can this rock guy with this big voice also do this? We just want the people who play our game and we don't want this guy? Or do you think it's they had other projects going on that were taking precedence? I think it was just that they didn't, they did not understand. They, it was just, it was just over their head about what to do with me. They did not, because at the time there was really no rock radio, or there was rock, there was like 
I mean, even to, the, to this day, there's not really a rock radio. It's like the, the, the sad reality is, is that rock and rock and roll is, is so small. It's such a small blip. Like, or it doesn't even make a blip, you know, in the rare instances of like so, some band, like Greta Van Fleet is like a rare case of where they kind of were inter- injected into sort of a mainstream consciousness because they kind of had this kind of boy band kind of uh, image where they were very young, good looking kids, and they, but they sounded like Led Zeppelin. And that's kind of where that worked to a degree. Um, but they're great. And I'm so happy that they are at the success that they're at because it's great to see that, that at least some bands can break through on a, on a bigger scale and, and, and be playing this great, you know, music, classic rock, you know, blues, whatever. But at the time, back in 2014, it was a pretty barren landscape. There was really no rock radio, like the rock radio. Cause if you can remember back in like the early 2000s, you had these, these big records like shine down was blown up. They had that big crossover hit with second chance um and theory of a dead man you kind of had these active these like post grunge bands that were really blowing up and then it just all died out and i think at the time the only active rock stations that were around were playing like five finger death punch and disturbed and like these really heavy ass bands which that's just that's not what i was i was not that i was not that artist and so you know, I, like I said, I tried to play the game of like, well, what would it sound like if Journey had come out with a song? Like it was like it was like we're going the ballad route to do like a ballad, you know, but it have the rock uh, undertones with the rock, the rock voice or even in the sense of almost like a meatloaf ballad, you know, like of doing like a very theatrical whatever. And that song Fighting Gravity has all of that in it, you know, with like. So dark, never lost away. It's like super dr- bloated and dramatic, and I love that shit. But, um, uh, but that was kind of what I was trying to do because I was because I knew that they there was really no avenue to do to to no platform to put this music out on, you know, except to try to play the pop game. But little did I know that even though I was trying to do that, they really weren't going to do it anyways because they were like, he's rock. Yeah, how is he going to fit on pop radio? No matter how great the song was, whatever. And, and unfortunately, with a label, that it's a, it's a pecking order. And so we had these guys down at the bottom that are like, wow, this is a great song. Da, 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 da. But up at the top, they just didn't even get it. You know, they, they, were, had to fo- they were focusing on their hip hop acts and Imagine Dragons and that kind of, that kind of deal. Which in a weird way, Imagine Dragons crossed into pop music, but they were they were like pop rock alternative where I was more so I really wanted to be blues rock, blues rock and soul and whatever. But I, again, tried to play the game, but really that there there was really no game to be played because they were just not going to do anything with it, you know. And that's kind of the sad case with a lot of some of those singing shows where the artist doesn't really get support from the label or whatever you know but again it is what it is but luckily unfortunately i was able to get out of all that stuff and have been able to make my own records independently for the past i don't know four or five years and it's been amazing if i would have done it and if i would have known that i would have been doing that long well long before that because we had we had tried to my management and i we had shopped around for deals and and stuff like that and the deals just were not that great because there's really 
you know, it, it's the, the music industry is in such a weird place right now with streaming and everything and, and whatever. And I was like, well, sh-. I was like, shit, if they're offering me that shit, I'll just make it on my own, you know, and own everything, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's been great. It's been a great learning experience and it's been, uh, it's been uh, hectic and fun at the same time. And I wouldn't, I, pro- I wouldn't change anything, you know? Awesome. Well, Caleb, this has been super insightful. It's been great to have you on. Any final thoughts before we let you go? Um, check out the new album, Mountain Mojo, Volume 1. Uh, you can get signed vinyl and CDs at www.calebjohnsonofficial.com. Uh, check me out on the road. Uh, you can go to the same website. and, and uh, We're playing uh, all over. We've got shows starting this Saturday in Black Mountain, North Carolina. Then we go up to Omaha, Nebraska, South Dakota, Sioux Falls, uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee, Johnson City, Tennessee. So we're going to be all over the place, and hopefully we'll see you guys out at one or two shows. Where are you guys based out of? So we are pretty much spread all over the area. So I'm, I'm in the, the Kansas City area. Willie's down in Austin, Texas, and we've got people basically – all over the country we've got some in the uk so we've got some in brazil we're kind of all over the place and how long has this 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 publication been in, in existence so we've been going for about 10 years now okay that's awesome yeah so and well, um, yeah and it's all about promoting artists like you so um definitely keep up the great work we're really enjoying what you're putting out and yeah go check them out calebjohnson.com so caleb thanks, thanks so caleb. much for coming on thank you guys All right, that's going to wrap up this week's edition of the Blues Rock Show. For Willie Witten and Caleb Johnson, I'm Pete Francis. We'll see you next time. Peace.